Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. As always, I want to start this off with saying that I appreciate that you've tuned in. I love you. I'm glad that you're listening. Hopefully you're gaining at least a little bit of value, if not a chuckle or two here and there. Uh, if you could help me out and make the entire world a better place, not just our little microcosm of the world, uh, you can like, share this cod- podcast, send it out to your circle of influence so we catch a larger listenership. So last week we took a look at how my knee progressed from being uninjured to the first injury and surgery to being fully functional and then being mucked up again and needing replaced. I can now say that I'm at least part metal. I am a bit disappointed though because I have yet to figure out how to activate my knee via a smartphone app. Uh, it's right up there with the laser eye surgery that we that I had uh, almost 10 years ago, and I still can't shoot lasers from my eyes. So if you're looking into bionic knees or laser eye surgery, just be prepared that you will uh, end up being sorely disappointed. So this week I have a couple of kind of uh, inspirational messages or maybe phrases. Mostly normies love to throw them around. Uh, they're pretty much just trash. Uh, not just to left of normal folks, but I fully believe that they're just trash, no matter who the audience is. I'll share a couple of times uh, when these I didn't quite get them because they don't make sense, or you know, just in some instances where these uh, these phrases that are designed to inspire or motivate or encourage that they they just don't. Uh, and so give some examples of what something to say that would be better. All right, so let's just get right into this with the most ridiculous and utterly useless pieces of advice or phrases that gets tossed around a lot. That is when people say to just be yourself. Now, the fun part of this one is that it's used in so many different situations and scenarios Uh, But we mostly see it in regards to relationships and business ventures. So here's the situation. A boy has a date with a girl. Boy is very nervous, confides in a friend about how nervous he is. And friend says, hey, don't sweat it. Just be yourself. Now, this never actually happened to me. But had it happened to me, uh, I would merely look them in the eye for a very brief period of time. And I would say, be myself? Have you met myself? Now, the truth is that most people, normies or neurospicy, go through life acting as someone else. We change personas and behaviors depending on the crowd or the situation that we happen to be in. Now, the difference is that those who are left of normal generally make a conscious decision and put forth effort to change into the appropriate persona. We continue to exert energy to keep it up all throughout the interactions. Most of those who are normies just seamlessly shift between appropriate ways to act in different situations. But it gets a whole lot worse. In a relationship setting, it's good to unmask and let your partner or potential partner see who you really are. 
especially if you're heading towards marriage and or spending the rest of your lives together, you really need that authenticity. But not on the first date. Uh, eventually, everyone should be able to fart around each other. But you gotta mask up a little bit and pretend to be slightly better than you actually are when you first meet somebody that you actually like. In business, I see this phrase tossed around constantly and it makes zero sense and there's just there's no substance behind it. Often accompanied by an image of a business owner posed in an everyday situation and just captain, captioned with something stupid like, in business, it's important to just be yourself. Two issues with this. First, as I just mentioned, it's meaningless, does nothing to help someone do a better at their job. And second, like the relationship advice where people don't want to see the true you without the business shroud on there. If you're just an off-the-wall, crazy maniac kind of guy, people won't trust you to run a business properly. Same thing with, you know, if you're being yourself as a explicit alcoholic drunkard, which I know many people are, you can't really act like that in business settings. So you got to kind of change it up a little bit. So what's a better phrase than just be yourself? Well, perhaps be the person your audience expects you to be. Most of the time, at least, we should customize and tailor our behaviors to overall enhance and optimize the scenarios where we find ourselves, whether it's first dates or interactions with clients. So let's move on to another one that's pushed upon left of normal children all the time, and that is try it. You might like it. Usually it's reserved for trying new foods. This one's a little murky in that, yes, often things should be tried and then it should be decided whether or not it will be liked. But as people get older, they understand what they do not do and do not like. For instance, we recently had some cream of navy bean soup brought over to the house. Uh, maybe it was some other kind of bean soup. I know it was a cream of bean soup. Not entirely sure the specific bean type there. I took one smell and I knew that it was not something I would enjoy. It smelled like ham and bean soup and I absolutely abhor ham and bean, ham and bean soup. I didn't even try it because I knew it wouldn't be something palatable to me. Now, of course, if I had never had this particular bean before, would I still not even try it? I'm going to say that I probably still would not have even tried the soup. My reaction would be the same. I don't enjoy the smell of those beans, and I can discern that I would likely not taste enjoy the taste of them either. Mostly because if you remember from your middle school biology, our smellers and our tasters are very intimately connected. Same goes for cilantro. That's the real devil's lettuce. Not just food, though. It's, this extends to activities as well. For example, I disdain dancing. I find no enjoyment. I constantly wonder if I'm doing it right. I feel like everyone's just watching me, even if it's a huge mob of people like at a wedding or something where nobody can actually really watch you. It's just work. It's cumbersome. And not only do I find no joy in it, I actually find negative joy in it. Now, a few years ago, someone tried to encourage me to sign up for ballroom dance lessons with my wife. I, of course, adamantly refused. 
because I knew that I would get no joy out of it. And they pushed, saying, I should try it, I might like it. And it's different than other dancing. It's coordinated, it's movements, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, whatever that word is, choreographed. You, there's a certain pattern that you follow, follow, and it's so much fun. And I said, no, I get negative joy from dancing, and I don't want to subject myself to that. A better approach to the try it, you may like it concept would be to find out why they think they don't like it. Especially for children who have not yet discovered their particular tastes and interests. Suppose they don't want to eat a particular food. You can ask them, what don't you think you would enjoy about this food? And then you find out, is it a texture thing, a taste thing, a smell, taste, or overall just looks weird? Because a lot of things we eat just look weird. And know that taste buds do change over time. There were tons of foods that I love now and that I hated as a kid. It was partly because as a kid they weren't prepared very well and they did indeed taste gross back then. Here's a fun one that most people know is just absolutely shitty advice. It's fake it till you make it. There might be some instances where you need to pretend you know what you're doing, but for the most part, this is just overall entirely bad. If you're starting out a new job, you have a huge learning curve. It's just the nature of doing something different. The first few days, you kind of have to fake it, in quotes here, until you know what you're doing. Uh, maybe a normie can help fill me in on this, but I believe that in this instance, fake it doesn't mean actually fake confidence. Sorry. This doesn't mean fake competence, but rather fake confidence. Put on that aura that I'm here, I'm qualified, I know what I'm doing, even though I have no clue what I'm doing. Of course, hating the left of normal crowd with the fake it till you make it phrase doesn't really mean anything because that's how we live life. Whenever we leave the house, we figure out where we're going, we put on the appropriate mask, and act as though we know what's going on. The difference is that making it really just means learning which mask is the most important and most appropriate for the circumstance, and making it often means making it through that social situation without flipping out and killing anyone. Instead of faking it till you make it, encourage people that are struggling to show confidence that they can learn what's going on. Instead of faking it, ask questions. Nobody minds if you're in a new situation and you just ask a bunch of questions, actually. Most people will enjoy sharing their knowledge. Then, once you know what's up, you've made it and you didn't have to fake it. Another well-meaning phrase from the normies is that if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Now, I fully understand uh, logically and mentally that this is a way to discourage people, especially children, from making derogatory remarks about other people. For example, if little Jimmy is holding the basketball team back because he really sucks at basketball... And the other kids are complaining about how he's the suckiest suck that ever sucked. The coach may say that if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Now, as a left of normal, it's uh, kind of not entirely the best advice. Because there are tons of statements or comments that would fall into the neutral category. 
They're not mean comments, but they're not nice comments. For instance, suppose the basketball game with Little Jimmy will be played at Metro Park, and there will be a large crowd, concession stands will be open, and former President Bill Clinton will be in attendance. These are all facts. They're not nice or derogatory. So according to the advice, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, this would call for being silent because there's not a nice thing to say about all of these facts about the upcoming game. Now, some of the best leaders that I have ever had, coaches, group leaders, maybe bosses, although bosses might not fall into this category because I haven't really had a lot of what I would call good bosses. Some were okay, some were just there, but most were just bad. Anyway, the best ones would say nice things during or after interactions. For example, years ago when Don Corcoran was leading our biz-to-biz group, I would often get a text message an hour or two after the meeting that praised my one-minute commercial that I gave, something along the lines of, hey, best one minute of the entire meeting, you nailed it. Or, I loved your one-minute commercial, one minute, uh, commercial, and super inspirational and super helpful. Now, knowing the type of guy that Don was, and still is, I fully believe that he sent messages like those to every single member of the group. But it was an example of amazing leadership that made everyone feel good about themselves because he had nice things to say. So, a better phrase rather than, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, change it up and be more direct with what the expectation is, especially with left-to-normal children who are still figuring out this weird world they live in. A better option may be, words like those hurt people. What is something nice that little Jimmy excels at? Or, saying bad things makes you look like a bully. What's something nice you could say instead? This phrase satisfies not only the intent and command, but also the why component behind why you don't want to say things that are not nice. And I'm sure I could go on and on with a lot more of these quips and phrases. There's tons of them out there. Some apply to everyone. Some apply to just those who find themselves to be left of normal. But I think you get the point. Many of them are well-intentioned, but when you actually look at them and see the meaning and and what happens after, they just suck. And not because they can be misinterpreted, but some just suck because they're overall bad advice that somehow made its way into our more or less everyday vocabulary. For now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join the Facebook community, and feel free to ask any questions you have over there. It's uh, facebook.com slash group slash left of normal community. Remember that left of normals often take things a bit more literally, so be careful with the phrases you use around them. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they're left, normies, or right.